Hello and welcome to Stories from the Ridge, Macaulay's podcast series. I'm Lee Burns, head of school. Whenever you get a group of high school baseball coaches together, you know you're going to hear a lot of great stories. When they are Macaulay coaches, those stories seem to be so steeped in a love for the school and for the scholar-athletes they coach, they become even more special. And that's what we have for today's podcast. Recently, Bill Eiselstein, Kenny Scholl, and Hank Hopping, who together have well over 100 years of service to Macaulay and who all were outstanding varsity baseball coaches, sat down in the press stand of the refurbished baseball field as the varsity team was practicing to share stories and reflect on their days as varsity coaches. The moment was special because all three have been honored by Macaulay. The new field is now known as the Kenny Scholl Stadium. The home dugout is the Bill Eiselstein dugout. And the visitors dugout is the Hank Hopping dugout. In announcing the naming of the stadium and the dugouts, I referred to Kenny, Bill, and Hank as stalwarts of Macaulay. Steve Hearn, Macaulay's Vice President for Advancement, who himself is a stalwart of the school and who hosts this podcast, calls them the titans of the baseball program. I think both titles are appropriate. These are just great Macaulay men, and the entire Macaulay community is proud of them and their accomplishments, both on and off the field. I stood by and listened to Steve, Bill, Kenny, and Hank shared stories and thoughts about Macaulay and baseball. And I promise you, this is something special. Let's join Steve and the others in the press stand. So, welcome to the podcast. We're here today at uh, our beautiful baseball field that's recently renovated. We're sitting under blue skies at Macaulay Field and got a nice breeze. And uh, sometimes that adds to the mystery and magic of baseball, having to work through the wind. But with me today are three Macaulay Titans. These are men who have contributed to Macaulay in so many different ways. Uh, collectively, they represent about 100 years of Macaulay service. And I'm lucky to be here today with Bill Eiselstein, Kenny Scholl, and Hank Hopping. Welcome, guys. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, yeah, Steve. to be here, man. Yeah, good to be with you. Man. Beautiful Absolutely. day to be at the ballpark. Yeah, and with us uh, out on the field, we've got Macaulay. They're out practicing right now, and it's nice to hear those uh, golf carts in the background. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and on cue, yeah. and uh, baseball mitts, uh, catching baseballs, but it's just a great day to be out here, and that's the beautiful aspect of baseball to, anyway. It's just such a, a, a beautiful sport in so many ways. But... Uh, you know, guys, one of the the, the events that we're going to be having uh, on April the 25th, we have an opportunity to honor each one of you, and and it's uh, it's an incredible evening. Uh, and at that event, we're going to honor uh, Kenny Show. We're going to the, the Macaulay School trustees and and uh, school community. They're going to be naming the baseball stadium the Kenny Show Stadium, and that'll be exciting. And also the school and the trustees will be naming the dugouts in honor of Bill Eisenstein and Hank Hopping. So that's a that's going to be a cool event, fun event. Hopefully we'll see a lot of former players and fans and parents there. And it'll be, again, it'll be on April the 25th. So we'll be looking forward to that. So before we get too deep into our Macaulay stories <laughs> and funny stories and uh, uh, memories, why don't we just take 
a quick second, take a minute or so, and each one of you just introduce yourself to the audience and a little bit about uh, uh, how long you were at Macaulay, what you did when you were here, and then also uh, what you're doing now. And let's start with Bill, since you're the senior representative here. Uh, thank you, Steve. Uh, Bill Eiselstein. Uh, uh, first of all, let me say I'm honored uh, to be uh, named a recipient of a plaque for the dugout. Uh, my son told me about it a few weeks ago, and I asked him how much he had to pay for that. <laughs> but I'm also honored to be here with my distinguished colleagues and one of my former assistant coaches, and I've known Hank of Kenny Show, and I've known Hank for a long time. I think it's uh, very appropriate for the field name for Kenny and, and the dugout for Hank. Uh, so it is an honor for me. I, I was at Macaulay for 45 years. I coached uh, baseball for 15 or 16 years as head coach wow. after assisting uh, Dave Spencer for a couple years when I first started. Mm -hmm. I also coached uh, basketball under the legendary Bill Eskridge and uh, ninth grade football. I was head coach there. I never played football, but I learned a lot from Sack Milligan, who was my first uh, head coach in ninth grade. <laughs> great guy. All those were great guys. I uh, also uh, taught math. I taught uh, uh, math for oh, 20 or 30 years, and I became a summer program director for my last 10 years before I retired uh, 10 years ago. My wife, I didn't, wasn't ready to retire. Love what I was doing. My wife said, "If you don't retire, I won't start traveling without you." <laughs> so uh, I decided to retire, and, and it's been great. But I, I love Macaulay. Love coming back to Macaulay. I've had grandsons that have. My son is now teaching here. Nelson. Uh, I've had uh, my grandson is my, my both my sons graduated from Macaulay, and several grandsons, uh, t two of, of whom are still here. Wow. So it's been it's been a great uh, experience. And I appreciate being included in this distinguished group. You know, it's just so natural having you back here, Bill. Yeah, I, uh, I just love being around you and, yeah. and hearing your voice and your stories. Kenny? Like you never left. Yeah, well, Kenny Scholl, I, uh, I came in 1983. Um, told the story, I'll tell it quickly. Uh, I'm a math teacher like Bill, and uh, there was an opening at, at Macaulay for a math teacher, a football coach, and a baseball coach, all assistant coach at the time. And so I interviewed all day. At the end of it, Spencer McCauley said, well, I don't know if you're any good or not, but you fit the position, so we're going to give this a try. So on that resounding note, I'm, I'm still here 39 years later. Spencer denies that, but he actually did say something very similar. But uh, I was so fortunate when I came because I was working with, these, I was working with two guys that uh, were such great mentors to me, Pete Potter being one in football and Bill Eisenstein being another. And... I learned so much from them, so much about how to approach being a head coach, so much how, uh, you know, how, how to how to treat boys, how to get the best out of them, and uh, so I spent a lot of time coaching. Uh, became the head coach when Bill moved to summer programs in the uh, it was 1988, wasn't it, Bill? 1988, so. first team in the spring of '88, and uh, did that for five years, and then went on to become a dorm head, dean of students, uh, associate head. Now I serve as assistant head. Uh, under Lee Burns. So I've had a wonderful time here. Uh, I really have. And uh, I, I haven't, Miss Penny hadn't told me I have to retire yet, so she'll travel alone. But uh, I think that may be coming before too awful long, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Great. Thanks, Kenny. Hank? I'm, uh, I'm Hank Hopping. And um, yeah, really honored to be here with these two guys. I uh, started my career at Macaulay in the fall of 1987. Um, 
was hired to teach English, be a dorm advisor, coach football, basketball, and baseball at some level or other, and and see what else there was to do. And uh, you know, I I've told people this on occasion. When I came to Macaulay, I thought, oh, I'll I'll be here three or four years, and then I'll go to law school. My father was an attorney, and I thought that'd be a good path. And uh, kind of like Bill and Kenny have said, that was 35 years ago for me. <laughs> um, and I uh, haven't, you know, I have loved every minute of it. Haven't regretted uh, deciding against law school in the least. Um, this has been a wonderful place for me to be. Um, met my wife while I was working here. We raised two kids on this campus, and uh, it's been an incredible joy. Kenny talks about mentors. When I started at Macaulay, I think... Kenny and I broke a mold that had been going in the mentor program where folks had been paired up by department. So an English teacher would mentor a new English teacher. And Kenny was a, an accomplished math teacher at the time. But uh, for whatever reason, they assigned him to me um, as a mentor. Yeah. And that's been, uh, well, it's been like that for 35 years. He's been, been an amazing mentor to me. Hank, I'll tell you. And, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And then, like Bill said, he and I have known each other. For a lot of years, um, starting here at Macaulay, going through church, I've uh, coached his son, I've taught his grandson, so we're pretty uh, pretty closely connected through family and experience as well. That's great. You know, the neat thing about being at a baseball field is you get to see other great baseball people. And Chris Richardson just walked up. He's here. Chris, uh, obviously, was a great coach here, varsity coach for us, and still is coaching and involved in school in Dormhead. Uh, Chris, you want to say a few things about these three three guys here? Uh, you can well, just pull on up to the uh, microphone there. Uh, yeah. Uh, they they were when when I took over, they were uh, all three of them. You know, Coach Oslestein was running summer camp, so he was telling me everything I needed to do, keep me straight in the summer, <laughs> and then uh, Coach Shull and Coach Hopping both just, I mean. All three of them just really uh, helped me, you know, because I had been an assistant for for Hank, and and I was an assistant a couple of places before, and uh, they just really kind of helped and mentored me, you know, on the things I needed to do to be a varsity coach, and uh, that was just that was just really helpful. I mean, it's and it's kind of funny. Uh, Coach Eisenstein wasn't in it, but I, I think I know it's in Kenny's office. I think it's in Hank. It's hanging up. On, it's actually on our refrigerator. Uh, Bobby Richardson spoke here. Oh yeah, yeah. And there was mm-hmm. a picture yeah. of the three of us with Bobby Richardson because I think it was I think it was Kenny that said, "Hey, we need to get this," you know, because we were all at chapel together and stuff. So I mean, it was just, it's just kind of something that uh, it's just a really unique and tight kind of group fraternity type thing having coached here well good well we we appreciate all you do currently and have done and uh and here comes here comes yeah. our general manager lee Burr. <laughs> lee Burr, that's right <laughs> yeah that's right. Lee, lee joins us uh lee welcome to our podcast and uh why don't you jump in here and uh you have any thoughts about, I mean, look, this collection of men here is just pretty impressive. Yeah, it really is. I think looking <laughs> at Bill and Kenny and Hank and just all they've done for Macaulay School and Macaulay Baseball. And uh, I think it's so appropriate that the stadiums we named for Kenny and the dugouts for Bill and Hank. And 
I love it the fact that you guys all know each other and overlapped and you know, work together and um, I think that just makes it so so special uh, for you guys names to be on this part of this well, field. Thank you yeah. Lee. Thank I you. Appreciate yeah, it. I tell you. Hey let me uh, appreciate you guys uh, dropping in. Let me also uh, kind of turn this over to what do they call it in baseball a game of pepper <laughs> where, where yeah. before the game you kind yeah. of uh, what is explain pepper bill <laughs> well, you, sure. have, you, you have four or five players and then you have a, a, a short distance away of, of a guy hitting hitting to you just back and forth back and forth uh, it's it's a fun game to play, and you can make up toss games with it. I, I played Pepper with Harmon Killebrew, Jim Lemon, Ernie Orvets at the Lookouts. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, Engel Stadium when I was 12 years old. Yeah. So the Pepper goes back to, to the start of baseball, I think. <laughs> great great uh, pregame sport and spring training sport. So it's a kind of a fast action. So that's what I want to yeah. do now. I want right. to uh, – and I'm also kind of mimicking what our incredible students do on their tornado talk. So – Here's some rapid-fire questions. Uh, if you'd just give us a one-answer, one-word answer, that'd be great. So let me just start uh, with Hank and then work our way around here. Growing up, who was your favorite baseball player? Oh, I got to go Joe Morgan. Right-hand thrower, left-hand hitter, second baseman. Oh, Kenny. Hank Aaron, no doubt. Hank Aaron. Yeah, I saw him play in 1965 Atlanta Stadium. First first big league ball game I'd ever seen. Wow. And we went to see Hank Aaron. It was great. Bill? Yes, I was a Yankee fan growing up, and in the South, I was one of the few here. <laughs> but they had great teams, and yeah, so that's right. I can mention a lot of Yankees, but my favorite had to be Louis Aparicio oh, since yeah. I was a shortstop. Yeah, good <laughs> call. Yeah, good. Game of the week, man. Remember that on Saturday afternoon? Yeah. It was oh, good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what's your favorite baseball-themed movie, Hank? Boy, that's tough. Um, I'm going to throw out The Sandlot. Uh, old school, uh, childhood, yeah. childhood yeah. favorite. Yeah, Kenny, no question, The Natural, Robert Redford. <laughs> that was a great movie <laughs> yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Bill, I like uh, Field of Dreams. Yeah, oh, good yeah. call. Yeah. You can't so, have that question without throwing out Bull Durham too. Everybody oh, yeah, loves yeah, a good yeah, Bull yeah, Durham. Yeah. Great movie. I yeah. saw myself some in Bull Durham. <laughs> 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 yeah. What about the Bad News Bears? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. or Major League, or well, we digress. Yeah. yeah, we could go on and on. Yeah. All right, here's an, here's the next question. Uh, what's your favorite baseball stadium besides uh, Shoal Stadium? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's beyond uh, beyond this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Bill, why don't you take take that one? Uh, I'll have to say Ingle uh, Stadium. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, before it uh, went away, because so many memories there—the Notho Gang, uh, all the stories about Joe Engel, even uh, time to time getting to play there—you know, as a yeah. player and, and as a coach—great wow. uh, stories about Engel Stadium, great uh, memories from Engel Stadium. Yeah, there was even a film that was produced there, so 42. and John yeah. Marcellus yeah. was involved in one of those. I think. Yeah, that was the mm-hmm. Pete Gray story. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Kenny? Well, I, I hate to I hate to copy Bill, but I I I, I Ingle Stadium was my answer all along because <laughs> it may be old Darwin Field in East Lake. Uh, <laughs> I played a lot of games there, but it's not really a stadium. We have good memories. We're right good memories, Darwin Field. Yeah, that's right. But uh, no, we played the Georgia State Championship there my freshman year mm. and uh, won it, and uh, so I have great memories of Ingle Stadium. It was such a big ballpark. A guy like me could find some, every once in a while a place that would land in the grass and. I get a cheap hit or two, so I appreciated that. <laughs> yeah. Hank, how about you? 
I'll go traditional. I'm going to go Wrigley Field uh, before the lights. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something about the ivy out there that added a little bit of potential mystery and, and randomness to the game. And then probably Fenway is a close second. And I'll tell you this, I have been inside both ballparks and never seen a live pitch thrown in either. Huh. So <laughs> I could explain that if we had about 15, 20 minutes. But uh, they're both really iconic, kind of cool ballparks. Well, that's that's great. What about, uh, you know, growing up when I was a kid, uh, I lived off of AM radio, and I'd fall asleep at night, and I'd listen to the St. Louis Cardinals broadcast on KMOX. But uh, thinking back, uh, or, or even right now, who's your favorite baseball announcer? Well, of course, uh, Dizzy Dean comes to mind on TV, <laughs> but, but I'll say Gus Chamberlain. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Gus yeah. Chamberlain broadcasts the Lookouts game. <laughs> And I used to listen to the lookouts on the radio. And one day I visited down there to, when Gus was doing a broadcast for an away game. And he would make up this elaborate story. He says, a hot shot to short. And the shortstop makes a great diving place. And, and, and he throws it to first. And he got him by a step and just went on and on. The only thing he saw on the ticker tape was 6-3. <laughs> he made up his story. He yeah. was a great he really, announcer. That's right. Hell yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how you keep that going for nine innings or however many. Yeah. Kenny? Ernie Johnson. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, when, when the Braves first moved in, into town or in, into the area. And I remember old Mac Jones. Remember him, the old player for the Braves, batted left-handed? He hit a ball out of Scheib Park in Philadelphia, and Ernie went nuts. And I, I, I was just a kid. I never forgot that. And, uh, I'd never seen a guy hit one out of a ballpark. So, yeah, Ernie Johnson. Uh, Hank, how about you? Uh, any of the Braves guys. Yeah, just yeah. growing up, listening to, mm. to Braves announcers, Braves baseball. And then, you know, I would, I would stay up at night and – keep my door open so that I could hear the Braves game in the background even when I was hours supposed to having been in bed so oh yeah those voices stay with you you know Ernie was paired up with Milo Hamilton too yes. so Milo uh, you know, they were call. like the uh, the southern one-two punch yeah. of baseball yeah. that was for, good stuff for and they had Dizzy Dean for a little while yeah. you know they pulled him in there yeah. really yeah sure did not long and you gotta <laughs> think you gotta mention Harry Carey too oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he came came yeah yeah that was great so here's one. Let's get a little more personal as as we think about you guys as coaches, and y'all are all great coaches. Uh, but let's let's look at this. What's the greatest number of runs you've lost a game by? <laughs> <laughs> How many innings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that one's pretty, that comes to mind pretty quickly. I'll, I'll give just a little backstory on it. It was Hank remembers this. We were I think it was. I think it was our third year together, maybe second. We had one we had one healthy pitcher and we had two games to play. We had to win one of those to qualify for the region. So we played Red Bank on Thursday, who were very good at the time, and then we played East Ridge the next day. I didn't think we could beat Red Bank with anybody. So we saved our best pitcher for, for East Ridge to hope we could knock them off and we and Red Bank beat us at home. 15 to nothing in five innings, and they were still scoring when I walked off the field. <laughs> but we did win the next day and qualified. Remember that? Yeah. We, 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 we labored over that forever, I but I think yeah. we made the right decision. The poor kid who went out there and sacrificed it happens to be out there right now helping coach our team. Really? He was a warrior. Yeah, it was old Tom Adams. He was a warrior. He yes, yeah. took it on the chin for yeah. the big blue. Yeah. He uh, dropped through that little half sidearm <laughs> yeah. thing. He was great. Sling in there. Yeah, he, he, he had some good games, but that was not one of them. Yeah, he uh, Hank, did, Hank, did you uh, did you ever have a bad game? 
Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would guess somewhere in the 12-run the range, uh-huh. but I, I'm certain that I blocked all of the details from my memory. Um, so, yeah, we had a few of those. I mean, you know, you run out of pitching or you take a chance on a young guy one time and you realize maybe – Maybe it was a little too soon for that guy. Yeah. and uh, But, yeah, those days, that's all part of the game. Sometimes yeah. it's just baseball. Sometimes it's just baseball. Hit lands in, in somewhere where yeah. you don't have someone yeah. playing. You just can't find a way to get them out. Yeah. Well, I have to echo Hank. I'll block out the <laughs> bad losses. I, I honestly cannot think of a game we lost by a lot when I was coaching. I will mention this game. We played Tyner here one time. Here's the old field, not this field. And there's stories about that, but that's another story. But we were playing Tyners, an important district game, and they had the 10-run rule then. And, and in the fifth inning, they were the visiting thing. They were up 13 to two. I wow. said, "We're going to win. My worst laws are going to be. We need the win." Well, he and he was a good guy, the coach. Well, he started substituting. They had the re-entry rule then. He substituted three or four players, and then bottom of the fifth, we squeaked across a couple runs so we were then 10 so we kept playing well then we scored five in the sixth uh-huh. <laughs> he put his starters back in <laughs> and then we scored four and we won 14 to 13 <laughs> and he never it. did forgive himself yeah, for he did. I love it. well I love you know candy you and bill y'all were a you kind of alluded to the old field. Yeah. And obviously the field that we're enjoying and celebrating today and also on the 25th is incredible. Take us back to those days, Bill, and Kenny and Hank, you, all of y'all yeah. Uh, yeah. spent so many hours down there. First of all, describe where it was, uh, what it was like, and then some of the unique characteristics and maybe advantages that we had playing on that field. <laughs> we, we definitely had a home field advantage. Uh, it was uh, where the sack is now, the sack parking lot. Oh, and, wow. and, you know, they re- replaced the field with some other facilities that I didn't agree with at the time. But uh, <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it was a pretty good field. One particular, there were several uh, ground rules. And one that really came into play, we were playing Bradley one year. Yeah, that's we right. Coaching with yeah, I sure yeah. was. And it was the, uh, was it the uh, semifinals? Yes, the reach, the reach. It is semifinals. And it was a very close game, and we'd gone over the ground rules. Well, in center field, which was the lake, and overhanging the fence were some trees. So our gra- ground rule was if it hit the trees, it was uh, in play. Yeah. You could catch it, or the umpire's judgment, whether it was a home run or what. So uh, in a crucial uh sixth inning I think or maybe the yeah the top of the six they they had uh they had uh, I think the bases loaded in two outs and or did we hit it both of us did anyway hit yeah a, hit a fly ball that would have easily been a home run but hitting the trees yeah. and came down to our center field recalled it yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure did the third out yeah. just so instead of having a grand slam that was the third out and we won the game Ball by game one over. run and their coach and their headmaster principal they were yeah. so upset but it was a ground rule well, you gotta go by the so part of it one other quick story that was so funny that right field at some point did not have a fence <laughs> and it went all the way to the middle school field which was oh half a mile away I think but anyway uh, Cleveland had this player named Ted Williams May he was named Ted Williams for a reason he, he was a slugger 
he was uh, renowned. We knew coming in that he was a home run hitter. Hit these mammoth home runs. So one of our best pitchers, Guy Boer, was pitching. It was an important game, but we were up four or five runs in late innings, and Ted Williams May, left-handed hitter, came up. Man on second, third, had a ba- two outs, base open. And Boer looked over at me and said, Coach, you want to put him on? I said, no, 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 guy, challenge him, challenge him. <laughs> so Brewer threw his best fastball down the middle. Ted Williams May hit it 600 feet, right, and it's still rolling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God! <laughs> what other were some of the unique uh, qualities of that field? I mean, well, the uh, <laughs> there that it took honestly five minutes or more to go over the ground rules yeah. because we had. Yeah. In, 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 Remember the old pump house for the lake? Yeah. Yeah. It was in play, yeah. and it was angled in, in a way that if the ball hit it, it was like the old ballparks, you know, that you don't see anymore. You had to play the carom. You had to. We worked on it because if it hit, if it hit on the hit on the north side, it would bounce toward the left field foul line. If it hit on the other side, it would bounce toward the same trees Bill's talking about. So that was there. So you had to talk about that. And then we had a temporary fence up that if the ball got through, we had ground rules for that. And then at one point, it got so bad that the umpires made us put up that, that yellow caution tape. Yes. Remember that? Yeah. That, that, was, that made a ground rule double. It, it, it was so confusing. But I, I will say this about that old field, though. Bill Boyd, who was our yeah. groundskeeper at the time, well, English he was, teacher. He was English teacher. Yeah, yeah. great. You know, good long-time Macaulay guy. He got down there, and, you know, he'd been to – he was going to be a golf golf pro and work on golf courses, so he knew all about a dirt infield. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. awful. And he came in there and sodded that thing, and uh-huh. I mean to tell you, it was as pristine as any ball field in in really in in the area. It was just so funky because the way we had to play we had barbed wire here. And uh, mm-hmm. but back to that back to that tree story against Bradley. What happened was we hit a ball in the tree, they missed it. We went up a run, then they come up. They hit a ball in the tree, and we catch it off the tree, and we win the game. Now, you can tell I wasn't fixed, but they were not happy. Yeah, they protested that one all the way to the double It was a great That's such a good story. I've told that story, and I wasn't even around for that story. It was great. Yeah, it was a win. How many cars got windows busted out in left field? I mean, not foul balls. You expect it with foul balls, but the left field parking area beyond – that uh, that old field, yeah. people were dumb enough to park there during ball games, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you'd hear it, you'd see the ball, and you go, "Uh oh!" It was awesome, <laughs> and it would make that thump noise <laughs> yeah. when it went yeah. through the back window. <laughs> well, I, you remember? Uh, I'll call him Radar. I got to tell <laughs> this real quick. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. He he had been he had been his whole life. He wanted this particular car. I can't. I think it was a Thunderbird. I think. Remember that? Yeah. So oh, he yeah. finally got him a new Thunderbird. He then Radar was an athletic trainer, great guy. You know, we all loved yeah. him and kidded around with him a lot but anyway he brought his new car which had a license plate on the front vanity plate call and he had finally on it like i finally got this car he parks it where you're talking about in left field behind the fence first day and we're playing I, yeah we're i think we're playing uh darlington i think i think so and we were just we weren't playing very well we were just trying to will the team to win so anyway we finally get up a little bit they get a guy up there and he hits a rocket to put them ahead and it we were tracking the ball, and it hit the, the windshield <laughs> radar's brand new car thump, and we <laughs> we were down the road, but we all went <laughs> we went nuts oh, yeah. like we'd hit the ball. And I thought, what? 
we have lost our minds here. We came back to win the game, which we did not deserve because the way we acted on poor Tom's back window. But, yeah. That was a great thump. Was great. One other quick story about that field. One year, our esteemed uh, athletic director, <laughs> I won't use any names, but you know who I'm talking about, uh, got this deal. He, he was always finding deals. Got this deal on some infield dirt. We needed more dirt for the infield. So I go there, down there getting ready for practice one day, and there was these mounds of dirt. And then they spread on the field, but they had 10,000 rocks in oh, the dirt. Yeah. Oh. We had to play yeah. our whole season away yeah. in different parks because we couldn't get the rocks out. Yeah, there, there were some of those rocks around when I got here. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, uh, I think that probably all served us in a strange kind of way well yeah, when it did. came to building this field yeah. here because yeah. this was built in 93, is that right? Mm, 90, 92, no, 92, 92, I think. Yeah, because okay. you and I coached on this together. Yeah, we were together. Yeah, and I, I remember then it was what a proud moment. I mean, yeah. uh, just with the, the way the field looked and we were proud of being hosts and so forth. So it's nice to be able to kind of move from kind of those – <laughs> those pebbly days yeah. <laughs> two days when our diamond really looks like a diamond yeah well Let, we we would have had this field several years before had i listened to my then assistant coach lance nickel when ted turner's son came out for baseball <laughs> and uh you know i had to don't tell me I, this. I, I had to send the helmet out to hit him fly balls i was afraid to hit his head to get hurt but anyway i had to cut him i had to cut him and lance said no don't cut him we can get a new field we can get lights we can get we could have had this field had i listened to lance yeah, <laughs> well, yeah we would have uh, won the tree game if you'd have done that's that true, that's true yeah. Yeah. you yeah. saved an injury yeah, at least yeah, that's right. one thing one, th one thing I'd Teddy like. Teddy was to a good guy, so don't yeah, don't yeah, let yeah, me yeah. get it wrong. He, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's kind of shift a little bit, uh, and I'd be interested to know. Uh, I mean, each one of you worked with one another. For example, uh, uh, Kenny, you you were the assistant coach with mm -hmm. Bill, and Hank, you were assistant coach with Kenny. And uh, if if you would think for a minute about. Was there one particular thing, lesson, or, or philosophy that, that you learned from working with the, the head coach at that time? So, Kenny, why don't you sure. start and kind of reflect on your working right. with Bill, and then, Hank, you follow up with uh, Kenny. You know, uh, well, Bill and I taught math together, and, uh, and I, 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 I'm going to tell this quick story real just because it it's kind of ties into it but um, I got you know we all had offices and I my office assignment I did not like and so and I did I don't, I'm not going to say who I was in there with but but it was mutual and anyway he uh, so a couple of days after school started I just walked into Bill's office and sat down at the desk he had in there and uh, said hey man you mind if I sit in here for a while and that ended up being he and I shared an office uh, the whole time that uh, we were coaching together so we had a great time and talking about how we approach the games and all that. But Bill's approach to baseball was was from his background. He's a great player, great natural athlete, just had a great feel for the game. But he, you know, my, I was a college player. He was, he was a professional player. So he approached it from the standpoint of, of a professional. He was a manager. He was a, he saw the long view, and, you know, and I, and I had a different way of looking at it. And so when we were together, I, where I thought I could make the most the most difference and helped the most was 
you know, I'd grab guys to go to the batting cage and work with them. And Bill had the field going. And um, and the other thing that I learned from Bill was how to how to be competitive. And he was fiercely competitive. I mean, this guy wanted to win. But you also had to create an atmosphere where the guys wouldn't play tight. And so he was mm-hmm. able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I learned a lot from that as well. But I remember just when I don't know, Bill might have been my might have been my first year. There there was a, a preseason tournament up in uh, Tullahoma where we play five inning games, and you'd go up there and you'd play as many games as you could play for two or three days. And and of course we didn't have a lot of money back then, so we had to drive back and forth. We went up there. I bet you we played fifteen baseball games, and we were as fired up about game sixteen to come <laughs> as we were the first. Remember that? Wow. Yeah, that was so much fun. And uh, so I got a good I got a good dose of that. But I saw a competitor here, loved the game love the boys and and knew how to win knew how to win a baseball game and and also knew how to make sure boys got life lessons out of it it was mm. it was it was a good time i learned a lot yeah hank what'd you learn yeah. from kenny i learned all kinds of stuff <laughs> <laughs> i know some things he didn't learn <laughs> let's talk about one or two and then maybe. yeah um well it's funny kenny you know talks about the way bill competed i i, I learned a lot about competition from kenny and it was that balance between intensity but staying loose because you can't play baseball with a lot of tightness either mental or physical you got to be relaxed but if you're too relaxed then you don't have enough focus to really compete in those very competitive moments Mm. and um, Kenny was a great mentor in in finding that balance and helping guys to be competitive but not get too tight Um, another area that's you know a lot of times overlooked in sports but but, but really helped me, Kenny was really well organized. Mm. He's always been a well organized person. He knows, you know, how to manage time. He knows how to manage uh, the structure of a practice or whatever's coming. And um, he helped me a lot with that organizational piece of what should practice look like? What are the things you need to be thinking about before you get out there? How do you make a practice run well and get the most out of it? Um, that was a lot of fun. And then the other thing, um, you know, I think he and I kind of fed off of each other with is not giving up on kids. Mm. You would, uh, kid could have a bad week, kid could have a bad couple of weeks, but if, if you knew something was there, you, you know, you kind of stick it out and they might come through right in the clutch. Because mm. one of the things we learned about high school baseball, and it's true of college too, but it's not true of professional, is that, you know, the season's short. Mm. It only takes two good weeks at the right time to change everything that's true. Mm. and so those that's were true. those were fun to be able to work through those things with kids yeah, yeah well b- both go well, ahead I talk about yeah. <coughs> being too relaxed i've coached my first uh, two or three years with dave spencer yeah dave was the greatest wrestling coach i think ever they won the mid-south so many years but he admitted to me early when I started as his assistant that he didn't know any baseball. <laughs> so if there was ever a ruling or something, he sent me out to take care of it. But I remember, and, and the, the kids love Dave, and, and I'm not uh, don't want to criticize him at all. But he was very relaxed, especially in practice. I remember uh, I coached basketball, and that overlapped a little bit. But the first day coming out to baseball practice. On the way out, I dressed out in my baseball gear and all that, and I noticed in the outfield there were 
players with uh, beach towels and uh, shirts off and suntan lotion while batting practice was going on. I said, well, no, those are our players out there. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. I just had come from playing professional baseball where everything was pretty serious in that regard, you know. And I, and I said, I, I don't know that if I can live with this. So I, I talked to Dave, and he, he agreed with me. So we, we changed the rules a little bit. You couldn't bring a beach towel. <laughs> You yeah, sunbathe, you know. <laughs> yeah. so, that was my first experience uh, as oh, coaching yeah. uh, at the college well, uh, baseball. You, you've touched on it, and also Kenny and Hank, you've referred to Bill playing professional baseball. Yeah. Take us back to that because you played high school ball. You went to Chattanooga City High School, right? Yes. And then, and then from there on, talk a little bit about that leading into professional ball and what you what you did in professional ball. Well, I was a a player low down I, I was telling Kenny I have a picture of a, of, of a Louisville Slugger bat that I'd signed my first year in Waycross Georgia the company came through and they signed three players and I, I guess I was hot at the time you know had a <laughs> yeah. couple and so me and two other players signed with with the Louisville Slugger two of the three players made the major leagues and played for quite a, had a good career in the major leagues. I won't mention the third player that didn't, didn't make the major leagues, but <laughs> what organization were you with? The Braves, I was okay. the Milwaukee Braves. Uh-huh. That's how long ago it was. But, uh, I remember, um, uh, fun times, uh, some stressful, uh, played for three summers, got, got cut, uh, it was a blessing in disguise because I was due to go and be drafted had I not gotten back in school at the time. But I look back and say, you know, I, I wouldn't change things. I enjoyed mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. Uh, small tent uh, in mm-hmm. the in the minor leagues, and it was fun. Still have good memories of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The you mentioned being relaxed and how that's important to baseball. Uh, Think for a second and, and share, if you would, your funniest moment in baseball. <laughs> As uh, a coach or a player? I could be either because, yeah. I mean, just just think about that uh, and uh, just if you'd share that, I think that might be yeah, interesting. Yeah, there were a lot of funny things, two that come to mind. I was thinking about this. One time I had an assistant coach, uh, Tommy Sparks, that played here and played it you see was a good left-handed yeah. pitcher but tommy was a kind of guy that liked to kind of ride the umpires in a fun way and he had clever sayings you know and all that but one time uh tommy sparks got kicked out of the game before the game started <laughs> we were at i think it was darby field and we were sitting in the dugout waiting for the game to start and waiting to take infield and this umpire that we saw coming uh that tommy had been getting on a lot and the umpire knew that walked around the dugout and he had this his little pet dog with him so tommy looks up and says hey i see you brought your c and i dog to the game today <laughs> you're out of here you kicked him out of the game that's <laughs> great oh gosh that's, that's awesome. great uh, the other funny story I, I can tell this because ralph potter tells it now, now ralph was a good great football player but also a great baseball player and he he knows i I know that and believe that. A shortstop, second baseman. Well, he had a pretty good year, senior year, but toward the end of the season, we had picture day. And uh, the photographer was coming down to take pictures of the team and individuals and action and so forth. So I set this up with the photographer. I called Ralph over and said, Ralph, act like you're feeling the ground ball, and I'll toss it to you. And he's going to snap your picture right as you feel the ball. 
So uh, and the photographer knew what was going to happen. So I threw the ball too hard to catch, and so it went through his legs. <laughs> and Rice had went through his legs. He looked down with his ball going through, and the, got a perfect picture of the ball going through his legs. <laughs> and I showed that at the banquet. <laughs> That's great. He, he tells that story still. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Yeah. Kenny and Hank, what about you guys? I, well, Hank and I share this one, but we—it's uh, it's one we tell each other. Even we, you know, we've told it so many times. We yeah. still laugh every time we hear it. But we were playing at Tyner. It was an afternoon game. <laughs> remember this? Is there some, I don't remember where we were. We were at some recreation field. It wasn't. It wasn't their ballpark. Dirt infield. It's the best one-liner in baseball. Coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> So we're it's one of those games where every ball we hit's right at one of their guys, and and we and, and it's and we're supposed to beat Tyner. I mean, we're pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. We had we had good pitching, and, he, and so Hank and I, I said, man, we are in trouble. You know, the the it, it's it's working against us, and 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 every ball they hit was just falling in there, and so it's getting tense, and so you know, Hank mentioned that I was good about keeping the players loose. I think he, <laughs> I think he's remembering the very best moments, but anyway. <laughs> We got, got hey guys on second, third, and hit a ball to our shortstop with two outs. He makes a clean play, throws a perfect ball to first, and the kid playing first was a good player, left-handed, mm-hmm. tall kid, completely whipped, missed a thrown ball. <laughs> High school kids don't do that, and uh, it was it was in broad daylight. I mean, there was nothing that, that should have caused this. So timeout. So I said, let's go. So Hank and I walked to the mound. They all gather up. Well, I've got my cat bill going like a chicken, and I'm banging cat bills and everything. And I look at the first baseman, and I said, how in the world do you miss a thrown ball at this level of play? You know, and he said, and I quote, back me up. He said, a poof of wind got it. Not a, not a puff of wind. No. So I was so, yeah, so I was so taken aback. I said, what is a poof of wind? And he said, you know, the wind blows. Said, you mean puff, gust? What? He said, yeah. I said, you're telling me the, ball, the, the wind blew the ball away from you. You couldn't catch it. He said, that's right, coach. I couldn't help it. At that point, we all just started laughing. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we ended up winning the game. We did. It was the we best thing that ever happened. If he hadn't said that, I think we'd have lost. I just said, okay, idea. we're done. And we just went back to the dugout, laughed at all. Yeah. Poof of wind guy. Oh, yeah. And this guy's a great kid. He was a great player. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he, if he hears, hears this podcast, he'll know that it was him. But, uh, <laughs> Tell the Jeff Garner story. Oh, oh no. Uh, yeah, that was poof. Yeah, well, anyway, I, I'll hurry on that one because I won't hang it. It was kind of funny. When you well, it was at the time. It was at that old field. No dugouts, no anything. We're playing Bradley, our nemesis at the time. Bases loaded. Tie game, trying to advance to the region. Garner's up. Tough player, man. Good player. Our catcher. Good guy. <clears throat> Good guy. And so, you know, I'm coaching first base, so I run there and say, Garner, whatever you do, son, do not take three pitches. Attack. Hit the ball. Put it in play. So, you know, again, keeping him loose. So I go back to first. He takes three straight pitches. <laughs> strikes <laughs> out. Bases loaded. So I sprint to get to him. Before he can get to the dugout. Yeah, and there's no – coach him up. There's no dugout or anything. And I and so he's had to put on his gear. So he's trapped. And I've got – I'm in his ear. I'm, I'm, I didn't use any fouling, but I'm saying everything I need to say to him about it. Anyway, his dad came up later and said, hey, great job coaching uh, – you really, you really motivated my boy there, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad we have, well, I'm glad we have dugouts in this park. Oh, that yeah, was yeah. good addition. Yeah, no kidding. Hank, no kidding. Well, so I don't know if he'll find this funny, but but you know, Chris Richardson just dropped in a little while ago to visit <laughs> with us, 
but I got a funny story that involves him. We were, um, it was, so I think it was, it was 97. We had, uh, we had knocked off Baylor in the region final and went to state. And the way it was, the way it was organized at that point, both the winner and the runner up in the region could go to a quarterfinal game and see if you could make it to the final four. And they did. And so as fate would have it, we meet them again in an elimination game in the state. And so it's the second game in. We both lost our first game. We're not, we don't have our best pitching. So we get up on them. And we, we are beating them 12-2 to two in this state elimination game. And I'm, I'm so excited I can't stand it. And, uh, and Chris is too. The guys are playing great. Everybody's looking good. And then all of a sudden, as baseball will do, it changes. Huh. They get a couple guys on. We make an error. Next thing you know, it's 12 to 6. Or maybe it was 11 at the time. 11 to 6. And then they just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. I'm switching pitchers. I'm trying to figure out what to do. And at one point, they got the bases loaded. And there's two outs. And we're up. We're down by one run at this point. They got a chance to blow it open. And I'm looking around, do I go pull this pitcher and bring a new kid in? What do I do? And I look down the dugout, and Chris is sitting at the end of the dugout, rocking back and forth with his head looking straight at the ground. And he's, he, I'm like, hey, coach, coach, <laughs> come come talk to me. <laughs> hey, hey, that was your call. He was like, I think it's your call. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Yeah. I'm like, all right, here we go. Yeah. So, But the good news was uh, – they scored at that point. We fell behind. We ended up coming back after dropping all those runs. We ended up coming back and winning that game. It usually doesn't that's happen. Too. 13 yeah, to 12. It was crazy. Yeah, that's It was a crazy day. Yeah. Well, you guys, uh, this has been so much fun. Yeah, it's uh, great. Hearing your stories and reflecting. And, uh, and once again, I just want to reiterate how much appreciation we have for the three of you and for the lessons you've taught in the classroom and in the field and continue to do so today y'all are amazing and uh macaulay appreciate you and thousands and thousands of boys do so thanks so much for your help thank you steve we'll, blessing uh, to be here steve. thank you yeah we yeah. appreciate you thanks guys yeah yeah that was, that was so much fun yeah. <laughs> 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 oh i could tell more fun <laughs> <laughs> You have been listening to Stories from the Ridge, a podcast series about the happenings of the faculty, students, and alumni of Macaulay School. Stories from the Ridge is produced by the Macaulay Communications Department. If you have any comments or a suggestion for a future podcast, please let us know by emailing info at macaulay.org. That's info at macaulay.org. Or call us at 423-493-5615. This is Jamie Baker with the Communications Department. Thanks for listening.